0: According to The Athletic, the Hunger Games vibes are strong in Carolina. Will the odds be in their favor as they face off against the Saints on Sunday? We'll break it all down on this crossover Thursday edition of Locked on Panthers. You are Locked on Panthers, your daily Carolina Panthers podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: What's going on, everybody, and welcome into another Crossover Thursday edition of Locked on Panthers and Locked on Saints, your daily podcast covering the Carolina Panthers and the New Orleans Saints, but a Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Big thank you to all you everydayers out there making Locked on Panthers and Locked on Saints your first listen of the day every day. Don't forget, you can subscribe and follow for free on YouTube or wherever you get your podcast, so you never miss the latest episodes. Our host today, we are joined by the one, the only Julian Council at Julian Council on your favorite social media. I am Ross Jackson at Ross Jackson Nola on your favorite social media. I'm the host of Locked On. Saints. Julian here, host Locked On Panthers, and we are here to break down what is sure to be an exhilarating matchup between two very, very good football teams. Uh, today's Crossover Thursday episode is brought to you by our friends over at Prize Picks. It's the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to prizepix.com slash Locked on NFL and into the promo code Locked on NFL and all lowercase for a first deposit match up to $100. On this episode, we're going to be breaking down what each of these teams needs to do to get a win. We'll talk about whether or not we're aiming too high in that conversation. We're going to be taking a look at matchups that could potentially decide this game, but get started, of course, with the biggest story for each of these teams. So, Julian, dare I ask what the biggest story for the Carolina Panthers is this week going up against the New Orleans Saints?
0: Oh, I don't know, Ross. Apparently, it's (laughs) dysfunction junction here in Carolina yet again. The Athletics, some outstanding reporting um, from Joe Person, who is Carolina Panthers beat reporter, and from Diana Rossini, who recently mm-hmm. joined The Athletic, discussing the dysfunction within the organization. They talked to over 20 sources who said that it's a Hunger Games type culture at Bank of America Stadium. That's I know the Hunger Games is currently popular again in pop culture because of the new movie. But, man, that is not what you want to hear about a 1-11 and football team. But I guess it's not that surprising when you consider that they fired Frank Reich a week and a half ago, that Bryce Young's development has not really been developed so far. Like, th- there has been no developing. Mm-hmm. Uh, that has been a problem for the Carolina Panthers. So that's been the biggest story. There was inside to David Tepper telling Frank Reich, hey, um, you need to work on Bryce Young's footwork okay, owner, why are you interrupting the season by telling the coach that (laughs) he needs to work on specific things with the quarterback? That's because he was told by the general manager – and some other offensive coaches that, hey, we really need to do something about Bryce Young's footwork. So the whole dysfunction there where the GM and other coaches are going behind Frank Reich's back or were going behind Frank Reich's back to go talk to David Tepper. About the fact that there was coaching staff members that wanted to bench Bryce Young and that conversation never got to Frank Reich or to Scott Bitter or to the owner, that's healthy, of course. And it feels like, in hindsight, the all-star coaching staff with that – In quotes that we talked about, the experience um, wasn't good after all, considering the fact that, well, the offense has been terrible. But Frank Reich hired a lot of guys that he had not worked with before. Mm -hmm. And it seems like some of those guys that are still there were going behind his back. And that kind of leans into the Hunger Games culture there at Bank of America Stadium. So, yeah,
1: things are on fire here in Carolina. Yeah, yeah, right. Everything's going great, it sounds like. I don't know what you're talking about. Um, so so is the idea that if, if the Carolina Panthers are, are the Hunger Games that Frank Reich volunteered as tribute, or was that more of a, like, he just got eliminated kind of a situation? Uh,
0: I, I suppose. I, I guess he's from <laughs> District 14 since he wore the number 14 uh, back when he played. I know there's only 13 districts. Uh, 13 was wiped out. Oh, I don't want to ruin it, but I guess he. Probably already read the books by this time or saw the movies. You, you I, I don't have, know. You have,
1: you have heard the extent of my Hunger Games knowledge in the one joke that I made. Well, That's about it for me. Yeah,
0: <laughs> I, I, I guess he volunteered as tribute. Um, because otherwise, I don't know why someone who left the Ursa situation would willingly come to Carolina to enter into the Tepper situation. Right. Another over-involved owner who is running his organization to the ground. Now, the. Colts have had success, actually. Like, they're yeah. pretty good this year right. with Shane Steichen. And even with Jim Irsay and his issues, they've been able to have winning seasons where that has not been the case at all here for David Zepper and the Carolina Panthers. So I, I suppose the Volunteer's Tribute but um, yeah. as we know with the Hunger Games, there there's can only be one victor, and I don't think any of the victors... <laughs> Who's winning? Any, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't think anybody on that staff is going to be here moving forward.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's a tough one. At least, like, with the Colts, they kind of just relegated Ursay to, like, a loud twitter user and that's kind of all he is now whereas like tepper is putting his hands in too many things that's wild to hear that he was like going to the head coach be like hey we got to work on footwork and that that's coming from people who could also just work on the footwork if they wanted to i don't know it's all very strange all very strange so so for me like looking at the big story for the new orleans saints the the big question is like is Derek Carr actually going to play this week uh because he for the third time this season uh, got knocked out of a game, took another hard hit, concussion protocol for the second time within four weeks, second time in a month. Um, you know, he has kind of dealt with, he had the AC joint, the AC joint shoulder injury uh, up against Green Bay earlier this season, played the next game against safety Buccaneers, did not look great, uh, came back after the concussion protocol, had the bye week in between, so it's not super relevant in that case. But you know, didn't have the strongest game against the Atlanta Falcons uh, with the the pick six and then uh, the other inter- the other uh, t- turnovers and stuff like that. But uh, right now, it looks like Derek Carr might play, uh, which is kind of wild. We saw him out at practice today uh, on on Wednesday, throwing, uh, running, like doing the whole thing, like not not off to the side, not like he was he was doing what you would usually see Derek Carr do on any day. Um, so. It looks like he might play. I just don't know if that's going to be for the benefit or the detriment of the team. I guess we'll have to see. Uh, But in any case, he still has to clear concussion protocol. He's not there yet. But the activity that we saw him in on Wednesday in practice kind of gives you a pretty good idea that he's probably going to clear concussion protocol before this game.
0: Okay, that's good. Good to hear that he's going to clear. Not good to hear that he's back in it for you said the second or third time this season? Yeah, yeah. And, and the second time in two months, or second time in a month, excuse me. Yeah, that calls into question whether you should play at all the rest of the season, knowing how serious concussions obviously are and how our awareness has uh, certainly been heightened over the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. How have Saints fans felt about Derek Carr? I know that he was a target uh, for this staff early on when they came to Carolina, but they decided, and I that was the right decision. Let's just go for rookie quarterback instead of uh, tying themselves to Derek Carr, even if it mm-hmm. wouldn't be for a long term. How are folks down in Orleans feeling about Derek Carr?
1: Yeah, I think that there are the people that showed up. that were already Derek Carr fans that are still like holding out that like Derek Carr would be better and a better offensive system. And I don't actually disagree with that. And then there are the people that were already Saints fans that, you know, kind of saw their team inherit Derek Carr, or sign Derek Carr, who are a little bit less patient, right? And who are mm-hmm. are very unhappy in terms of what the performance has been so far. The, the team as a whole has not been able to be not only this year, but last year too, uh, anything what. They promised they would be uh, or they were trying to be going into this year. So what you're seeing is either people who have a lot of patience for Derek Carr and then people who have absolutely no patience for what they've seen from Derek Carr so far. And there's like very little in between or in the middle.
0: Sounds like things are going great just All fine. across the NFC fine. South. Yeah, Is anyone yeah. happy right now? I guess Falcons fans must be happy, but even they have to have some sort of existential dread that it's all going to fall apart because well, we'll never forget 28 to 3 and they are the Atlanta Falcons.
1: Yeah, I yeah. know, it's weird. It's weird. Like it's one of those things to where you've got the Atlanta Falcons at 6 and 6, you've got the Saints and the Bucks at 5 and 7 and then the Panthers at 1 and 11 and I don't think that there's really much of a difference between how Panthers fans feel about the Panthers and how any of the other three teams feel about the three teams fan bases feel about their teams. I don't think the gap is that big. In terms of the the disappointment uh, of 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 the fan bases and things like that, and that's just nuts because usually when you're talking about you know a one and eleven team, usually there's a very I mean I don't know we, we just talked about the Hunger Games so maybe there is a very different uh, <laughs> there is a very different yeah. different uh, you know level of of disappointment there, but like it just doesn't feel like these four teams are separated in their disappointment at all.
0: No, no, and uh, there's I don't even know how much hope there is right now in Carolina. I. I because I feel like people are probably just trying to make themselves feel better by thinking, okay, maybe David Tepper gets it right this time, but I feel like there's a general consensus that the owner is the problem. So mm-hmm. okay, you have a quarterback, maybe and there's still like top of people who believe in Derek Carr and didn't believe in him. That's kind of the same thing here. How the folks yeah. that wanted Bryce folks that didn't want Bryce, especially the folks that wanted CJ Stroud and seeing what he's done. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the vibes
1: are off everywhere across yeah. the NFC. The vibes South. are not vibing. <laughs> the vibes are not vibing. And a lot of Saints fans, I'm going to be honest with you, aren't going to Mind uh, a loss to the Carolina Panthers this weekend because they want Dennis Allen out. They want Pete Carmichael out. They want De- De- Derek Carr gone. Like, there's sort of this feeling that this could be the game to where, if the Saints bottom out and lose to the Carolina Panthers, that maybe things quickly change as opposed to people having to wait uh, for things to happen either over the offseason or potentially not happen over the offseason. So, uh, one step closer to that will be the matchups that will make up the sort of um, result of this game. So that's what we're going to dig into next. Cause I think that really this game comes down to one area of the field and it's the run game uh, for both of these teams. We're going to be breaking that down as we continue on with this crossover Thursday edition of locked on Panthers and locked on saints, part of locked on podcast network, your team every day. And today's crossover Thursday edition of Locked on Panthers and Locked on Saints is brought to you by our friends at LinkedIn Jobs. You know, the Carolina Panthers could probably use a little bit of LinkedIn to find their next head coach. Maybe the New Orleans Saints will be in line using LinkedIn Jobs here soon as well, because it is the number one place to hire qualified candidates for any job that you're looking for, whether you're a big company or a small company. But the thing that I love about this is 86 percent of those small companies, small businesses have shown have been shown to get qualified candidates within 20. Four hours of posting their job. They know that small businesses, you've always got people wearing so many hats, doing a whole bunch of things that maybe sometimes get in the way of having the time and resources to hire. And so LinkedIn, make sure that you have access to all of that. So go and check them out today. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on NFL. That's linkedin.com. slash locked on NFL to post your job for free terms and conditions apply. All right, everybody, continuing on with this crossover Thursday edition of Locked on Panthers and Locked on Saints. Big thank you to all the everydayers out there making us your first listen of the day every day. Don't forget to go and check out that Locked on Sports Today stream on YouTube. The nation's first national sports 24-7 YouTube stream. Be a part of history. Go subscribe today at Locked on Sports Today. So, Julian, we were talking about sort of the, the vibes around both of these teams, um, and they're not great. They're not great around the teams, around the fan base, but both these teams wouldn't mind going out there and getting a win this weekend. How do the Carolina Panthers look at certain matchups maybe to get that done?
0: Yeah, it would be nice to get a win. It's been so long, I forgot what it's like to feel happiness and joy. And that's really been the case for a while, man. Like the last couple of years, it's just rare that I get to come up here after a game and talk about a win. So that would be nice to do. On Sunday, and I feel like, too, from the fan perspective, I don't think there's too many people, because there's not a first-round pick, that are sitting here being like, yeah, lose, lose, lose. They're they're going to end up probably having the first or second pick in the second round anyways, so I don't think it's that big of a factor. Um, But yeah, as far as the the team matchups go... Well, I mean, honestly, the matchup I'm looking at on Sunday is uh, the clock and how quickly it runs down, so we can move on with our lives. Because we're we're all, look Ross, it's December seventh. Uh, Christmas is on the 25th. My Christmas is coming on January 7th, when the season is officially over, and we can move on and look forward to the offseason. season. Uh, likely a new general manager, a new head coach. So that's the matchup I'm looking forward to yeah, watching yeah, 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 for on sure. Sunday. But as far as the game, since sure. I'll talk about the game here. The Saints are in the bottom third uh, against the run defensively this season. They're allowing four and a half yards per carry, which ain't great. The Carolina Panthers haven't really run the ball all that well. But recent weeks, especially last week, they started to pick up a little bit of steam chuba hubbard he's taken over as a lead back he had the first 100 yard rushing game by a back all season long first one since last year in that route of the detroit lions on christmas eve that's a positive and that is also why i'm just so confused why on third down and one and fourth down and one instead of running the ball the panthers decided to throw the ball twice but that's just kind of a summation of the entire season that's a possibility for them to be able to run the ball well again on sunday against new orleans looking at the passing offense and just how the offense has been as a whole on the outside and just in that passing facet, it feels like the best path to victory is by running the rock in hand to Chuba Hubbard. So that's really the matchup we're looking at. The Panthers offensive line, getting downhill more against the Saints defensive line in Chuba
1: Hubbard, continuing to run the ball well like he did last week. Yeah. I I'll say that turning the running game over to Chuba Hubbard was like the best decision that the Carolina Panthers might have made all season so far. Like uh, I and and maybe that was just me for being like high on him out of his out of his draft class and stuff like that. So maybe it's like a it's a draft crush thing. But mm. I always felt like he was the more dynamic guy, and I at least thought that going into the early portions of the season we would see a lot more of him than we saw. So I'm glad that there that that's transitioned now and that he kind of has that lead role.
0: Yeah, I I felt the same way early on, especially like week one. He thought he ran the ball really well against mm-hmm. Atlanta. Miles Sanders had that costly fumble in that game and just did not look like the same guy we saw last year in Philly. Now the O-line in Philadelphia is worlds better than the one here in Carolina on sure. mm-hmm. uh, saying with the offensive scheme, but yeah, Sanders, that whole deal, he signed for $25 million. Now only $11 million of it was guaranteed. So it's really he, – he got $11 million. There's no way he's back next year. Deuce Daly, he got kicked out the door a week and a half ago. Right. He's the only reason he was here. He's out here preaching this running backs matter, which is nonsense. So buy Deuce, suit, <laughs> buy Miles uh, Sanders. Because that's just – come on, dude. Like, oh, Surprise, surprise. The running back coach is petitioning for the running backs. I mean, come on. Guess? like it, it was so obvious who wanted – Miles Sanders here in Carolina. I know fans want to play stunts Scott Bitter. And, you know, by all means, he's the one who probably agreed with his agent. I definitely he's the one who agreed with his agent for the amount of money that they gave him. But who actually wanted him on this on the on the team? I'm gonna guess it was Deuce Staley and of course a little bit of Frank Reich. Yeah. So yeah, man, that's just it's cool. It, yeah, I guess. Great development that Chuba Hubbard's running the ball well, but you saw that last year that Chuba Hubbard could get it done when he had Beyonce Foreman. You didn't have to go out there and spend $11 million guaranteed on a running back. They yeah. did that, and that running back is now a backup.
1: So, yay. Oh, boy. Rough. Hunger Games, as they say. Uh, for, for New Orleans, I think it's all about the run game, too. I, I really do. I think this game is really all about the run game. Um, if – you know, New Orleans goes out there and is able to run the football against what has been, you know, a, a run defense in in Carolina that that has been very impressive. Right. 4.2 yards per carry. I believe that they're allowing. So the Saints defense and then the, the, the Panthers run defense kind of in, in similar classes. And so to me, it's about whoever is able to run the ball most effectively and is able to get the explosive plays out of it. And, and Dennis Allen, the, the New Orleans Saints head coach, described the New Orleans Saints identity on offense as being an explosive offense, which is a sentiment that I disagree with. I think that they're a chunk play offense. I think that they like pick up a lot of yards. But to me, an explosive offense scores points, puts points on the boards. And so I think that what I'm looking for from the New Orleans Saints during this game is can they run and generate those explosive plays? Explosive plays in the run game generally designated as 15 or more yards, but also get into the end zone. Like to me, that's that's the other big thing here. The Saints were four or four in the red zone last week. They just had unfortunately dug themselves in a 24 to zero hole in the first seven minutes of the game. So going four and four in the red zone didn't really help them out as much as it needed to. But we, what we also saw was late in the game, second and six, third and six, fourth and six, with time on the clock, with timeouts in your pocket pass, 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 and just eliminating the run game, getting away from the run game a little bit too early. I need to see the New Orleans Saints not do that. Um, What we're seeing right now from New Orleans is kind of this comedy of errors over on offense. Every game, there's something new going wrong on the offensive side of the football. And I feel like if you're building your identity through Alvin Kamara, who's probably your best playmaker on offense that's going to be available this week, knowing that Taysom Hill's dealing with injury, knowing that Rashid Jahit's still dealing with injury. Chris Olave's obviously in that conversation as well. But just knowing that you can rely on Alvin Kamara in several different areas of the game, I think that that's who they need to lean in on. So for me, it's all about Alvin Kamara versus this Carolina Panthers defense. If they can extend drives and stay on the field, then I think that they can come away with a win here. How far does that move the needle for them? Not very far, but it's better than a loss.
0: And I think another thing with the Carolina perspective that people will be looking at on Sunday is J.C. Horn. He yeah. played... Uh, He was on a pitch count on Sunday. That was not something that was known to people going into the game. I did find it a little bit interesting, especially when, as soon as the Panthers took the lead on Sunday, they only held it for 10 seconds. Mike Evans went 75 yards, basically untouched into the end zone. And that was a play where J.C. Horn, who would have been lined up on him, was not out there. We didn't see J.C. for the rest of the game. And I know things are different for everybody. Austin Corbett, who is out for the season with an MCL injury at surgery last week, when he came back after being activated from IR, he played every single snap. Mm -hmm. And for J.C. Horn coming out the hamstring, where he has not played uh, since week one, but with Corbett, we're talking about a guy who wasn't there for training camp, didn't play the first weeks, that it took him until week eight coming out of the bye for him to finally go out there and play, and he played every snap. I was just a little bit, not confused, but... It was interesting to me that Horn didn't play the bulk of the snaps, especially when he him being out there could have changed that the game as far as that was the big play that was made with amount of the game. So the expectation is from Chris Tabor, the interim head coach, now that he will play a large role on Sunday. It's not just him. Jeremy chin has Mm -hmm. been a non-factor this season. He's been reduced to a core special teamer. He came off IR last week. He played seven snaps on defense and 22 snaps on special teams. And even before his own injury, It wasn't like he was out there for the majority of snaps on defense. I'm interested to see what that looks like. And he's a player who the Panthers uh, thought they were going to probably build around long-term. They brought in Von Bell, the former Saint, uh, to allow Jeremy Chin to play close to the line of scrimmage and be in a playmaking role. And that really has not been the case so far this season. So I wonder what his future is in Carolina and if there's Mm -hmm. new coaching, which there's going to be a new coaching staff next year, but if there's a new defensive staff. Because there's a possibility that they could hold on to the defensive staff here. That's what David Tepper wants to do. Even though Gerald Gero should have some opportunities elsewhere as a D.C. or probably as a head coach, it will be interesting to see if he decides to come back to Carolina. So that's something I'm looking out for as well, the secondary, uh, J.C. Horn and Jeremy Chin and how they're utilized
1: against New Orleans, which seems to be a pretty banged up receiving core there in New Orleans on Sunday. Yeah, no Michael Thomas, no Rashid Shahid expected. There will be a Chris Olave, so we'll see. I mean, getting to see Chris Olave versus J.C. Horn, that could be a, a battle for the next few years that we see in this division. So it could be a lot of it could be very interesting to see that. So it's the run game, and then it's that Carolina secondary up against the New Orleans Saints passing attack. But what do each of these teams need to do to actually secure a victory? And is aiming for a victory too high? In this game, that's what we're going to be breaking down as we continue on with the fun episode here on Crossover Thursday, Locked on Panthers, Julian Council, myself, Ross Jackson, Locked on Saints, but a Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. In today's episode is Crossover Thursday edition is brought to you by our friends at Skylight Frame. Listen, Skylight Frame is one of these things where like if you've got somebody in your life that you have trouble buying a holiday gift for or something like that. Skylight Frame is the go-to for you that you should go and check out. It's a touchscreen photo frame that you can send photos to straight from your phone, meaning that it's super easy to personalize before you even hand the gift off. You can get photos uploaded then they're able to change them and stuff like that. It's really, really cool. The touchscreen makes it super easy as well. So it's awesome. And it's beautiful for the home. You can find a bunch of different frames and styles and stuff like that. Awesome stuff to match a bunch of different styles really really cool so make sure you go and check them out they even have a really really cool guarantee as well they're so confident about skylight that they offer a free 120-day policy on returns. So you got a long time for them to be able to figure out and make sure that they like their gift. So as a special limited time offer for all of our Locked On listeners, you're going to get $15 off of your purchase of a Skylight Frame when you go to skylightframe.com slash locked on. That's $15 off of your purchase of a Skylight Frame just by going to skylightframe.com slash locked on. That's S-K-Y-L-I-G-L-I-G-L-I-L-I-L-I-L-I-L-I-L-I-L-I-L-I-L-I-L-I-L-I-L-I-L-I-L-I-L-I-L-I-L-I-L-I-L-I-L H-T-F-R-A-M-E dot slash locked on. All right, everybody wrapping up this crossover Thursday edition of Locked on Panthers and Locked on Saints breaking down Sunday's big, big, big matchup between the New Orleans Saints and the Carolina Panthers. Uh, we've kind of been approaching this game with a little bit of levity because. Uh, look neither of these teams have lived up to expectations a win for the new orleans saints doesn't really move their uh, playoff situation especially with the uh, atlanta falcons and the tempe buccaneers the nfc south uh, i won't call them rivals let's just call them opponents uh, within <laughs> the division they're playing against one another the saints and panthers are playing against one another so this is only going to go as far as it goes but A a win for the Carolina Panthers would go a long way. I'm sure that there's like a confidence building aspect to that. There's a big time impact in New Orleans if the Saints lose to a one and eleven team, no matter whether or not that team is in the division or not. So, what do the Carolina Panthers need to do to get a win this weekend? Or is a win like not even something that Carolina is thinking about at the moment?
0: Well, a few things, Ross. You should be ashamed of yourself. What I do sit here and, and to talk about. A win against the Panthers wouldn't mean anything for the Saints in their playoff. Come on, people! It doesn't. Playoffs aren't even a reality here in Carolina. And shame <laughs> on you for sitting there and scoffing <laughs> at. Oh, if we if the Saints win, doesn't really do anything for the playoff hopes. It does. It's it not keeps them move alive. In playoff hopes. It, 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 it's a win. It's a win. It's hard it's to win. win in
1: this league. It's a win. It it's is hard That's to true. win this That's league I'm Carolina, not trying to fully diminish it, but the, but the thing for me is that like a win for New Orleans. Is so much less impactful in this game than a loss for New Orleans. Like right now, like you're winning to not lose if you're the New Orleans Saints. Like so that's the fan, thing for me when it comes to this one. So, what fa- I'm, I imagine
0: fans want a loss because that can mean that a lot right, do. people get fired. A lot. Okay. Do. Yeah. That, y'all, y'all need to y'all need to go. You know, talk to somebody about that. That's messed up. That's wrong. It's a holiday season. You <laughs> should be. We got better well, help with y'all. If you yeah, you should be help more help caring. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, for, for Carolina, I, you, you can sit here and like, I, I mean, I feel this in a way, but the game, it does matter. Yeah, it, it does. This is his coaching staff that's on their way out the door. And there's everyone's being evaluated at all times. There's people around the league that are looking at what some of these guys are doing and what their futures could be. Like Thomas Brown is someone who got the opportunity to call plays, had that quickly removed from him, and now he's back in position calling plays. I hate what he did at the end of last week's game. Pretty much, not pretty much, I'm done with Thomas Brown here in Carolina, mm-hmm. but I do wish him well. And yeah, maybe yeah, yeah. in the final five weeks of the season, he can show something that can help him in his future endeavors. Like that, It's important for him. It's important for a lot of people, but really for the players who have gone through five win seasons Back-to-back to, back to start off with Matt Rule last year, turning things around after Rule was to get into 7-10, but 6-6 six six, when they had Steve Wilkes, what they've gone through so far this year. And you saw last week with Brian Burns getting ejected. He just thought about yeah. his emotions, blow it over. And that's a guy who hasn't won anything since he got into the league here in mm-hmm. Carolina. So I can only imagine what it feels like every day to go to work and to lose and to be a laughing stock and a, dysfunctional organization where your coaches are out here trying to snake each other. Like it's ridiculous That's that they're wild. having to be a part of that situation here in Carolina that they didn't bring on themselves. Like they right. were drafted to come here. So a lot of these guys didn't have a choice. They they had
1: no, no, no choice. They all-
0: so they landed here. They didn't uh, some, there's guys who actively decided to join this mess, but there's some guys who just didn't have a choice. They just got drafted mm-hmm. here to Carolina and they have had not had no success at all. It'd be important for Bryce Young just to get some level of confidence. And that was a big thing about that story where people, where coaches are saying, oh, he's not being coached hard enough because Frank Reich is kind of worried about his psyche. And does he, he's got to have the mental fortitude to be a quarterback, this level, but still the dude's never lost like this in his life. So I can understand in a way how Frank Reich wanted to coddle him. So yeah, it would be important for them to win, man. They have only covered two times this season and asking this team to go out there and win a game feels like a tall task. Can we just get a tie or something? uh, Let's just don't lose. If not losing means tying, totally fine to lower the bar for that. A win would be nice for everybody involved. I would love to come up here and talk about a win. It would be nice Mm -hmm. to, I guess, sink the Saints. uh, If that's what people – if that's what there's left to play for uh, the rest of the season, I'm sure there'll be that person out there being like, oh, my God, we're not going to get the 33rd pick now because we won this game. (laughs) Guys, they are not going to win four games, so it's going to be okay. Yeah. <laughs> I think you are going to have to win four games in order to not get the thirty third picks. I think they're going to be okay as far as that pick goes. Uh, yeah, it would be nice to see them go out there and beat New Orleans and feel good about themselves for a change.
1: Yeah, yeah. One of the things that I, I said in uh, yesterday's episode of Locked On Saints was that like Carolina might not have like the draft position game to play here, but at the same time, like going out and winning this game kind of proves to some of those, the players that they do want to stick around, like, Hey, there's something worth fighting for here. Like we didn't give up on you, all those other things. And I feel similarly to new Orleans, like new Orleans has some aging veterans on their team, particularly over on the defensive side of the football. And if new Orleans wants to keep those guys in new Orleans next year, and really some of their offensive players, like Alvin Kamara, all these other stars, if they want to keep these guys in the building for the next few years i don't think alvin career is going anywhere this offseason, but you know as as contracts expire and conversations start to happen all those other things it, the last thing you want to do is be able to have a player look at you and say well i would say here but you gave up on us and you gave up on the season and i think what we saw for the new orleans saints last week in that game against detroit 21 to zero hole and then fighting all the way back they still lost losing by five points but clawing on their way back the way that they did which was impressive um I thought that that proved that this team hasn't given up on itself. Now there could be a disconnect between players and coaches. There could be a disconnect, blah, 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 blah. But these guys are at least going out there and playing for themselves. And I think we'll see the new Orleans saints do that again. I think all that they have to do to win this game is if, if they can, if they can, if, if they can actually win in the run game, if they can control the ball in this game, take care of the ball and not turn it over, which has been a thorn in their side here recently. Uh then I don't think you have to ask for much more. I don't think you can ask for much more because this, this team doesn't have all of its weapons. This team doesn't have the explosive nature that it wants you to believe that it has, all these other things. Uh, but I think that they can win the game by, by simply doing that and simply playing to the things that make them good and make their great players great. And I think that that would prove something to these players in the roster that there's still something worth buying into here and that the organization's not willing to give up on them. So I, I feel like this game is just as much about each team winning and losing and each team maybe proving something to its organization, proving something to its players.
0: Yeah. And I think for the Panthers, with five games remaining, three of those are against division rivals. They can mm-hmm. somewhat play spoiler here yep. in the NFC South. The other two games are against the Packers who right now are, are pretty hot. Uh, mm-hmm. They had a controversial win on Sunday night. Uh, whatever. <laughs> to say the least. <laughs> I mean, that was insane. Uh, the, the Jags, I think by the time the Panthers play them, in about 24 days' time, Trevor Lawrence should be back. Mm-hmm. And I, I hated to see him go down. So hopefully that'll be okay for the Jaguars. Yeah. So those are two games. I just don't think the Panthers will win because I think the Jags are actually a good football team. The Packers are trending up. There's not a single team in the NFC South that's like really trending upwards. It's kind of like fluctuates. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's, it's the, the roller coaster, man. Like every so, time. So, so I feel like they can trip into a couple wins i already said i don't think they're going to four games i do think they can they'll get the three i don't think it's a one in 16 team i i think three and 14 is probably where they're headed and i do think they can find a way to win two of these three games against division rivals and i think that will be the case on sunday just mm. just a gut feel not x's and o's just a gut feel of i i think
1: i feel i know they're gonna win this game on sunday I think therefore I am predicting that the Carolina Panthers will win this game. Yeah, no, I, I, I don't know. I have no idea where this game is going to go. The New Orleans Saints should absolutely win this game. Um, yes, but, but, but will they? You know what I mean? Like that. That's the thing. It's like should they? Yeah. Will they? <laughs> we'll see. Uh, so it's either going to be in an any given Sunday situation, or it's going to be exactly what we expected Sunday to be type situation. And, uh, and I think, I think the latter would be really good for the Saints. The latter would be really good for what was a tumultuous scene uh, in the Superdome last week against the Detroit Lions with the fan base, you know, effectively being absent for the most part. Lots of Detroit Lions fans. Um, lots oh, of, that
0: happened to you? That happens yeah. every week.
1: Yeah, right. Yeah, it was it was odd to see it here in New Orleans uh, and a lot of booing uh, by this home crowd until things kicked into gear. And then they all rallied around and things got very, very much better. But it's going to be interesting to see kind of what the environment for this game is going to be for sure. Uh, but the environment for this crossover, uh, the vibes here are great. Uh, the vibes for the teams that we cover. Not so great. So we'll see how things uh, continue to go. But Julian, it was a lot of fun. Uh, And if people want to keep up with everything else going on around the Carolina Panthers, getting ready for this game, still another Friday episode on the way with Julian over at Locked on Panthers and here on Locked on Saints, we're going to be breaking down the game plan for all the everydayers as well to let you know what it is exactly schematically the New Orleans Saints can do to get a win this weekend. And a lot of this is going to be about the run game. We appreciate you very much for tuning in for another episode in this crossover Thursday edition of Locked on Panthers and Locked on Saints. We look forward to seeing you tomorrow. And we thank you very much for being here as a proud part of Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day.